0: what a way to bring in the new year i don't know if y'all heard what i heard i don't even need to preach y'all can just go home my prayer for you is that that will be your anthem or one of your many anthems as you go into this new year this that wasn't even the way we planned it this morning and that was amazing to hear you guys sing great is thy faithfulness so happy new year Some of you are like, I'm halfway there, bro. (laughs) All right. Well, we're stepping into a brand new year. So here I am on January 1st. I am going to preach your typical, untypical New Year message. Some of you are like, wait, what? No, seriously. What if we approach this new year with a different outlook? Some of you are like, that sounds typical. I know. But just hang in there with me, right? Think about a new year and what it all entails. Like, where does our mind go when we're thinking about a new year? Well, for some of us, it's like, great, I can't get out of this year quick enough. I am ready for a new year. And then some of us, we might be saying, you know what? There are some things that I wanted to do this past year I didn't get to do. So this year, I'm going to do things right. I'm going to get these things done. And so this is what we do, right? When we step into a new year, this is why we create a new year's resolution and we make all of the gym rats very uncomfortable about going to the gym because it's too crowded and they're afraid that they're not going to get the machine they want to. Only for those new year's resolutions to last, what, maybe two weeks, two months. Some of us are like, dude, I made it six. Go seven this year. Or maybe it's where we find ourselves We're trying to escape the problems of 2022 or the previous year, whether it's family drama or it's work drama, and you get into this new year, and then what do we find out? The problems are still there. So what if our focus isn't the negative things that we're ready to escape or do differently, and instead our focus is the amazing things that we got to experience and see that made all of the memories of that year great? Um, I did an activity with my family this past week. I would encourage you to do this with your family as well. And if you're like, I don't have a kid or a wife, then get some close friends. It'll still work, I promise. Uh, But we did the at least five things activity. And so it's at least five things that you would have done differently. At least five things that you are thankful or grateful for. And at least five things that you would like to do in the new year. And it was fun just hearing the different experiences and the different things that my family came up with. But the overwhelming thing that we saw was that more of us compiled a bigger list of the things that we were thankful for and grateful for than the things that we would have done differently. Like, for instance, some of the things that we came up with, we had a new baby. Harper is amazing. She's the greatest baby ever, the cutest one on this planet. I know some of you would beg to differ, but it's my opinion, and it's right. Um, and then some of us, you know, some of my kids, you know, lighter side, they're thankful for the goats that we got. We have two more kids being goats. And then we also got a new dog. We got some chickens. And then on my, me and my wife's list, our son got baptized this past year. Like these are things to celebrate. And exercises like these reveal that we actually do have a lot to celebrate that happens in a year. So this leads us to the psalm that we've been studying for the last little bit, right? Psalm 18. And what we have seen as we were looking at Psalm 18 is this. David can trust God with his prayers. Guess what? So can we. David is able to look back and see how God has answered his prayers. And guess what? So can we. David looks up to God in all of his power and his sovereignty and how in control of everything that he is in control of. And guess what that means for us? So can we. See, the beauty of the Psalms is that these promises to David were for him and his offspring. And some of you are like, whoa, what about us though? But see, we see that we have access to these same promises that David had access to because we are adopted into his family if we have a relationship with Jesus. So today, we join David in this psalm towards the end of it where he is celebrating and we get to celebrate with him. But we have to ask, but what are we celebrating? Well, In order to find that out, we've got to read. So join with me. Psalm 18, verses 46 through 50. It says this. The Lord lives, and blessed be my rock, and exalted be the God of my salvation. The God who gave me vengeance and subdued peoples under me, who rescued me from my enemies. Yes, you exalted me above those who rose against me. You delivered me from the man of violence. For this I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations and sing to your name. Great salvation he brings to his king and shows steadfast love to his anointed, to David and his offspring forever. Warren Wearsby says this in light of these passages. He says this, after looking back at God's gracious ministry to him, what else could David do but praise him? We see a reference to even John 330, he must increase, but I must decrease. So look at with me how David describes his God. How does he describe his God? He says the Lord lives. He is living and he is active, he is present, he is involved. How is he active and living and involved? He is his rock. You think about a professional rock climber, they know exactly where they can grab on a rock face in order to be secure, and in order to be able to progress up the rock face. He knows that he can cling to his God and be secure and safe. He also says that God is his salvation, that he is delivering him, that he is rescuing him from any danger. See, David didn't have to lift a finger because God is doing it and did it all. One commentator points out this, God grants, subdues frees, exalts, rescues his king. God defeats peoples, enemies, adversaries, and violent men for his king. And all of this is the Lord's doing on behalf of his anointed David, Davidic king. See, if you are David at this point, you can't help but rejoice. Look again what he says in verses 49 through 50. Imagine you are there with David, and he is writing this down. He is saying this out loud. He is celebrating. For this I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations, and sing to your name. Great salvation he brings to his king and shows steadfast love to his anointed and to David and his offspring forever. The Apostle Paul later on in Romans chapter 15 actually quotes verse 49 to show what David was saying played out that God's love and care and salvation would pour out not only to his people, but also to anyone who would believe. See, God's steadfast love would pour out through David's offspring and his love would ultimately pour out through the one true king for all who believe. When I read David's psalm here, it really reminds me of what Paul wrote down in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, 1 through 8 with me, if you don't mind. We're going to read this with some excitement. We're going we're to go old school Baptist. Are you ready? So when I get to the points where it's like, yes, you give, give it to me, or give it to him, not me. But you amen, preach. Um, it's Paul, not Matt. All right, here we go, here we go. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins. Don't do it yet. That's an ouch. In which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. You ready, church? But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Praise God for his grace. someone in here today needs his grace. See, without his grace presently in our lives, what do we find ourselves doing? We're constantly seeking to be happy. But let me ask you this. How long does happiness really last you? You can be happy in one moment and sad in the next. And in grace, you find joy. And joy is something that you can hold on to and look forward to, even in life's worst moments. See, this is where you can have true hope. And for the Christian in the room, let me ask you this question. And this is a question that you should write down and remind yourself of each and every day, the moment that you feel persecuted by somebody, the moment you see someone else messing up, right? Think of this question. Where would you be if not for God's grace in your life? Where would you be, Christian, if it wasn't for God's grace actively in your life? Would you be hopeless? Would you be searching for peace, lacking joy, doing your best to make it in your own strength only to constantly to come up short? Would you be finding yourself constantly striving for the next best thing, just making it to another day, another week or another year? Let me ask this, how would your life be different if you celebrated the grace that has been given to you and that is constantly given to you each and every day? Remember what one commentator said, God grants, subdues, frees, exalts, rescues, defeats, peoples, enemies, adversaries, and violent men for his people. These victories are in Jesus. And if you have this king of hope, you have hope. So if this is true, if this is true, how does this shape the way that you begin each day, each week, each month, each year? Well, let's put it into practice. Let's, let's put our church as an example, right? Because of God's grace and steadfast love, and what he's, let's look at what he's done in 2022 before we even think about Alice Drive Baptist Church in 2023, right? So look at some of these things that God has done in, in our church and through our church in this past year. First thing is this, Pakala campus was completed, and now there's a great tool on 15 South to help as many people as possible take a next step towards Jesus. Praise God. We had our first national missions trip since COVID. ADBC volunteers shared the hope of Jesus with Fifty children in the Georgia foster care system. There were 10 wheelchair ramps that were completed for people in need in our community. Bishopville started with one Sunday night life group. Guess what? Now they offer seven on Sundays and Wednesdays. The student ministry started four first priority programs in schools. We've baptized over 20 students. We've reached over 120 students through student worship. There have been 21 girls' Bible studies inside and outside of school. The family ministry has loved faculty and staff of 10 different public and private schools. The kids' ministry celebrated 23 kids that have been baptized across all of our campuses this past year. 450 kids registered for VBS. 10 came to know Jesus for the very first time in their life. We restarted our shut-in ministry. We started a care ministry for widows and widowers. We started a bereavement team. We have 120 volunteers across all of our campuses who have made it feel welcoming to people as they have come onto our campuses made it feel like they could, this is a place that they could be a part, that they could grow closer to Jesus through our fit team. And this happened because of God's great love for us. Because he first loved us church, we loved others. We can now approach a new year, not as an escape, but in celebration. We should be walking into 2023 with an anticipation of what it is that God's going to do. If 2022 was so awesome, we can look back and we can celebrate. We're not even worried about next year. It's going to take care of itself. We saw how God was faithful. If if he's faithful here, he's going to be faithful there because that's who God is. We have a king of hope. And because this is true, we can approach a new year with peace. And this should change the way that you approach every moment in life. If you are here today and you lack the ability to celebrate and you worry about the next moment, day, minute, hour, month, year, whatever it may be, the only answer that we can offer you here is Jesus. But if you have Jesus, Celebrate, and may it challenge and change the way you approach this new year with great anticipation of what God is about to do. In just a moment, I want, to, I want you to join me in singing one more hymn together. This is how we're going to enter into our year. We're going to be celebrating how great our God is. And in this hymn is one of my favorite verses um, in, in all of the hymns, really. Um, but it's in verse 2. It says, and when I think that God, his son not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in. That on the cross, my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. I love hymns because hymns are like mini sermons and you'll be going out through the rest of your day and you'll just start seeing some of the choruses, some of these verses. And I love it because it's something that you carry with you. Ultimately, what I pray that you carry with you into this brand new year is that you have a king of hope and because you have a king of hope, you have peace. So will you join me as we sing this song? And then in just a moment, I'll come down to the front. And if you need prayer, or if you wanna learn more about this grace, I'll be up here with a couple others. I wanna encourage you to come on up here.